G'day and welcome. I'm Max Norden sitting in the chair this week for Jude Hennessy. As Jude mentioned last week, he'd been getting over the flu and had lost his voice, but thought he had all under control. But he's lost his voice again, so I'm in the chair this week and maybe even next week if Jude's still not got his voice fully back. But that doesn't matter because we've got a fantastic show lined up for you this week. It's the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's that gospel story about the Canaanite woman that has the debate with Jesus. And we've got some great inputs on the show this week, including Mark Rowie in his Hearts on Fire, Feet on the Ground segment. Mark's going to talk about solidarity. Solidarity is a key Christian principle, and Mark's going to break that open for us. Pete Gilmore's on the show as well. He's got a spot this week that he's calling, Did You Hear That? In our lives, if only we could sometimes be quiet enough that we could hear the sound that's underneath all the noise. And Pete asks, what would silence sound like in your life right now? Brother Tony Percy's here with The Word, and this week he's got three words he's breaking open for us. Intense spiritual crisis. Brother Tony says that the world's passing through a time of intense spiritual crisis. That is, a crisis of truth, of love, and also a crisis of mercy and hope. You'll love this very powerful insight from Father Tony Percy on intense spiritual crisis in the show this week. And of course, Mother Hilda's here with her wisdom from the Abbey Spot, and she says, as truly as water is necessary for the fish... Just as truly is the life of God necessary for you and I. That's in Mother Hilda's Wisdom from the Abbey Spot. Now to the Gospel. That's Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. The story of the Canaanite woman that has the debate with Jesus. I'll read that for you in just a moment. And we have this week Father Dominic Murphy. Father Dominic is the provincial of the Dominicans for Australia, New Zealand, Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea. And... He asks the question, can you change God's mind? In the gospel story, the Canaanite woman won't be put off and through her prayer and through her faith, she's able to change Jesus' mind. And Father Dominic wonders in his reflection, are we strong enough to change God's mind as well? That coming up after I read the gospel for you in just a moment. Also need to breathe and testify, but we better get into it. Got a lot to get through this week. Faith, hope, love and life. I'm Max Norden sitting in for Jude Hennessy. Thanks for being on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus left Genezareth and withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Then out came a Canaanite woman from that district and started shouting, Sir, son of David, take pity on me. My daughter is tormented by a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples went and pleaded with him. Give her what she wants, they said, because she is shouting after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman had come up and was kneeling at his feet. Lord, she said, help me. He replied, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the house dogs. She retorted, ah, yes, sir, 
But even the house dogs can eat the scraps that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, you have great faith. Let your wish be granted. And from that moment, her daughter was well again. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Dominic Murphy. Can you change God's mind? Maybe, maybe not. Have you ever prayed for something very hard, a good thing, and the prayer did not seem to be answered? What do you do with that? Well, here in this most unexpected dialogue between Jesus, this very impressive and feisty Canaanite woman, a woman of great faith, did you hear her opening plea to Jesus? Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Echoes the very words of Bartimaeus, the blind man who also shouted at Jesus. Did you notice it said, but he answered her, not a word, not a word. What's going on here? This seems so harsh, heartless. But there's more. The apostles even plead for her in their own way. But there is more happening here. Next she kneels at his feet. Help me, she says, in a plea that would melt anyone's heart. And Jesus seems reluctant. I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel. It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the house dogs. Once again, harsh. But quick as a flash, she fires back at Jesus. Ah, yes, sir. But even house dogs can eat the scraps that fall from the master's table. And I wonder that the Lord didn't say with a grin to her, You got me. The extraordinary faith of this Canaanite mother, whose fierce love for her daughter inspires her, whose faith will not be put off, who won't be discouraged, keeps asking, Even a scrap from the master's table will do. Astonishing the faith of this pagan woman that a scrap from his table will do. Test of her faith, and her faith is unshakable. In this way, she is an extraordinary example to us. The face of faith when you are discouraged, that digs deeper, that won't be put off. So can you change the mind of God? For this Canaanite woman, through her prayer, through her faith, she was able to. But for many of us, sometimes the answer might be a no, a no for a long time. But I put you, just like this Canaanite woman, to not be discouraged, to keep asking, and ultimately to let him stretch your heart, that the no may become a grow within you. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. A couple of weeks ago, I heard a story about two fish. It's typical of my stage in life, I'm sure, that I can't remember who told me the story or when. I just know that I heard this story. So here are two fish and they're swimming around in Sydney Harbour. And one says to the other, Somebody told me that water is really important for us. The other fish said, Oh, what a lot of rot. That's not true. Oh, no, 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 they reckon it really is. They reckon that without water we'll die. Oh, no, look, I haven't heard that. It's a lot of rot. Don't believe it. Oh, well, said the other fish. I suppose you're right. And off they went swimming to heaven only knows where. Funny thing, isn't it? You and I are surrounded by God. You and I are surrounded by his grace, by his love, by his forgiveness. And we can talk to people who'll say to us, what a lot of rot. You and I grab life from this God. And most of the time, indeed sometimes all the time, you and I are the slightest bit aware of it. We don't even really think it exists. And yet, as truly as water is necessary for fish, just as truly is the life of God necessary for you and I. And marvellously, God's provided the fish with water. He has provided us with himself. But now the challenge is how to know that, how to access that. Well, i got three things. Firstly, talk to people who really know him. Note, not the people who know about him, 
No, the people who know him. Involve yourself in the things of God, in the groups that speak of God, in the works that encourage you to work for God. That's the second thing. Now here comes the third thing, and perhaps this is the most important of the lot. Each day you say these few words, Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Abandonment, that's the ticket. As truly as that fish abandons itself to the water. Let me encourage you today to abandon yourself, your life, to God. You'll be surprised the comfort those words bring you when a challenge comes your way, when a decision has to be made. And then one day, you know, you will say, I don't believe in God. I know him. He is truly present in my heart. Thanks, Mother Hilda, with your wisdom from the Abbey Spot. Well, they're pretty easy to follow those three bits of advice that Mother Hilda gave us there. Firstly, to talk to people who really know God, not to the people who just know about him. Next, to involve ourselves with the things of God, like in the groups that speak of God, in works that encourage us to work for God. And her third tip each day, just to say these few words, Father, I abandon myself into your hands. We'll be surprised how much comfort we're going to get from those words whenever we face a challenge in our life. Coming up after the break, Father Tony Percy, one of our new presenters, in his segment, The Word. This week, Father Tony's breaking open three words, intense spiritual crisis. And as Father Tony says, the world at the moment's passing through a time of intense spiritual crisis. That is, we've got a crisis of truth, a crisis of love, and we might as well add in there as well a crisis of hope. And Father Tony's going to break all of that open for us after the break. But coming up right now, Matt Ma, Come to the Water, and also Mandissa featuring John Reddick. And you keep hope alive. Faith, hope, love and life. I'm Max Norden sitting in for Jude Hennessy. Thanks for joining us on the journey.
Bring the ones who are laden. Bring them all to the Lord. Bring the children without mind. Easy the Lord and light. Come to the Lord. Come to the Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Beginning to end your 
now, The Word with Father Tony Percy. This week, intense spiritual crisis. St. Maximilian Kolbe, who was born in 1894 and died in 1941 in the Auschwitz Nazi concentration camp, believed that the world is passing through a time of intense spiritual crisis. Intense spiritual crisis. That is, a crisis of truth and a crisis of love, and we might add as well a crisis of hope. Take identity culture, identity politics as a very good example, this recent development which people refer to as identity politics. I like to refer to it as identity culture. So, I naively identify as a pensioner, even though I was born in 1963, and at the age of 60, I simply won't qualify to be a pensioner. But I naively identify, nevertheless, as a pensioner. I go down to Centrelink here in Australia, one of our cities, and I produce my birth certificate, which has on it, I was born on the 8th of April, 1963. The employee, very kindly and calmly, truthfully says, well, bad luck, buddy. You were born in 1963, you don't qualify for the pension. It's a very good example of where I'm wrapped up in what I call my own truth, but in fact the truth is wider than me. I may naively identify as a pensioner, but in fact I'm not. I'm only 60 years of age. Simple but very good example. We know that the truth sets us free. That comes from a quote from John's Gospel, John 8. But identity ideologues, that's what I like to call them, identity ideologues are peddling truth as power. Not the truth setting you free, but truth as power over another person, and so the truth should be rejected. So it's a caricature of what the truth is. We know that we are body, soul, and spirit. So therefore, our bodies speak a truth, our souls speak a truth, and our spirit speaks a truth. We are who we are bodily. We are who we are in our souls, our minds, our wills, our memories, our imaginations. We are in our spirit, our capacity for God. These things cannot be denied. And if they are, significant damage is done to who we are as human beings. So, Colby's right. An intense spiritual crisis is with us. The first demonstration of this is a crisis of truth. But then we have also a crisis of love, and this is very important as well. In our time, mercy and forgiveness are certainly in short supply, and this is not good. Yet forgiveness, we know, is at the heart of our relationships because we are weak and we are sinful. That is the truth. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, in its section on the Lord's Prayer, you'll find it at paragraph 2844, 2844 says this, Forgiveness bears witness that in our world, love is stronger than sin. It's a magnificent quote. Forgiveness bears witness that in our world, love is stronger than sin. Forgiveness is a manifestation of the love of Christ who died on the cross for us and then rose again from the dead, telling us that yes, we are weak and we are sinful, but beyond that, there's a love that's far stronger than our own human weakness and the weakness of others. And so therefore, forgiveness is entirely possible and entirely necessary. And then we come to mercy. Mercy is this 
very unusual thing that God is able to draw good out of evil. This is only something that God can do. So to quote St. Augustine, one of the great thinkers in the church, he says that God is so good that in his hands, even evil brings about good. It's a magnificent quote. God is so good that in his hands, even evil brings about good. This is something only God can do. So naturally enough, if we align ourselves to God, we will find that all the difficult evil things we find around us, all the signs of weakness, that God, if we give them to him, he'll be able to take them and bring good out of the evil. This is the love that I spoke about before, this love that's stronger than sin, a love that's stronger than our love, which is exactly what we need when we have a crisis of truth and a crisis of love. So let's finish with the gospel that's presented to us today on this, the 20th Sunday of the year in year A. It comes from the Gospel of Matthew and it's chapter 15 and it details a woman outside the Jewish world. We're told that in the Gospel out came a Canaanite woman from the district that Jesus was walking through and she starts shouting, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me, she says. And then begins a dialogue, really a repartee between her and Jesus. It's a marvellous Jewish custom, this repartee. It's quite a playful scene if you look at it and pray it and meditate on it. So the Gospel says, Out came a Canaanite woman from that district and started shouting. She's got no problems. No, there's no embarrassment for her. And says, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And notice that language. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. You'll notice this beautiful phrase, this beautiful petition, this cry for help, have mercy on me, has found its way into our liturgy right at the beginning of Mass. And no sooner have we acknowledged the truth of our sinfulness than we beg for grace. And we all say together, led by the priest, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. That is, we're asking God to take what is evil in our life and the surrounding of our life and to turn it into good. And he does. So this is the ultimate moment of truth and love. It's the antidote to what Colby said about the crisis, this intense spiritual crisis we have, a crisis of truth, a crisis of love. Let's not be afraid to acknowledge our sin and then to beg for the grace of Christ. This will be a moment of profound peace for each one of us. Wow, that was pretty powerful, wasn't it? Father Tony Percy there in his The Word segment where he takes a very in-depth look at some aspect of the scripture readings for the week and picks out something that really tickles his fancy to delve deeper into. Coming up after the break, Pete Gilmore. Pete's saying that in our lives, if we could sometimes just be quiet enough that we could hear the sound that's underneath all the noise that's going on, and he asks, what would silence sound like in your life right now? What would happen if we just stopped and listened? That's after the break. Coming up right now, though, got some more music from Matthew West. Mercy is a song. Faith, hope, love and life. I'm Max Norden, sitting in for Jude Hennessy, and you're still on the journey. Mercy is a song Singing to my heart Telling me it's okay Come just as you are I never heard a melody 
Like the one that's singing over me And I just want to sing along Cause mercy is a song And freedom is a choir Swaying back and forth Shining in the shadow Of a stained glass Sunday morning Shouting hallelujah Yesterday is gone Our freedom is a choir And mercy is a song Singing Love and life. This is the journey. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. Have you ever gone on a road trip? Car full of people, music blaring, people talking to one another, and you hear a strange noise. Maybe, maybe a rattle, something unexpected. You silence the music. You ask everyone to quiet down, and you listen intently. Shh, you say, "Can anyone else hear that? What? What is that? Where is it coming from?" In our lives, 
If only we could sometimes be quiet enough so that we could hear the sound underneath all the noise. It probably takes a few requests to get it to the point of silence so we can hear the hum of the engine, so we can hear the rattle. Perhaps it's a small rock in the wheel, the ting of an exhaust pipe occasionally hitting the road. We've become so accustomed to the noise in our lives that often we don't even bother to silence it. We just hope we don't miss anything important. What would silence sound like in your life right now? What would it be like if we all just stopped and listened? Now, I know there was still music in the background. That was just in case someone tuned in and thought the radio station was broken. But silence is powerful and it's also uncomfortable. It's unnerving. See, silence is that incredible place of humility and vulnerability where we find the end of all of our attempts to fill the space and we just wait on God. As the psalmist says, my soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. This week, don't be afraid to make space for silence and to listen. And at first we might only listen with our ears and that's okay, that's a good thing too. But over time, we learn to listen with our hearts and we'll hear God speaking in the still, small, quiet voice that calms storms and brings the dead to life. God bless. Pete Gilmore telling us there, don't be afraid to make space for silence in your life and to listen. And over time, we'll learn to listen with our hearts and thereby we'll hear God speaking to us. Reminds me of that song, Silence is Golden. Four seasons back in 1964, I think it was, back with the song Ragdoll, remember that? Or the 1967 cover version by the Tremolos. Boy, showing my age now, aren't I? Okay, coming up after the break, Mark Rowie in his Hearts on Fire, Feet on the Ground segment. Mark's going to talk about the Christian principle of solidarity meaning that we're in unity with others. We identify with the experience of the other and we're prepared to stand with them. So Mark will be rounding out the show. But in the meantime, let's get into some music, Casting Crowns, Jesus at a Distance. Faith, hope, love and life. I'm Max Norton, sitting in for Jude Hennessy. Thanks for being with us on the journey. I've been keeping Jesus at a distance So afraid to let him get too close To the two lives I've been living as if he couldn't see them both Close enough to feel the warmth of the fire Far enough away for me to hide But I'm tired of walking the wire Between the darkness and the light No more Jesus at a distance No more pushing you away I don't want to settle for the back row Of some Sunday morning fate so I'm holding nothing back now Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance Can change every part of me Every part of me I was offered resurrection But I settled for the grave I had the chance to walk on water but I chose to play it safe I've been hiding from a healer I thought my wounds were out of reach 
But at the end of all my running, you're still running after me. So no more Jesus at a distance, no more pushing you away. I don't want to settle for the back row of some Sunday morning faith. So I'm holding nothing back now, cause there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance, come change every part of me, every part of me. All my dreams and all my treasures Every part of me, every part of me When I can barely hold it together Every part of me, every part of me When I can't control where tomorrow's going Every part of me, every part of me When the ghost of my yesterdays come calling Every part of me, every part of me Who I am when there's no one else around Sun comes up till the sun goes down. So no more Jesus at a distance, no more pushing you away. I don't wanna settle for the back row of some Sunday morning thing. So I'm holding nothing back now, cause there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance. Come change every part of me, every part of me, every part of me. Every part of me. So I'm holding nothing back now. Cause there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance. Come change every part of me. No more Jesus at a distance Come change every part of me Together on the journey Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness And now encouraging us to have hearts on fire and feet on the move Here's Mark Rowie How do you feel when you see a news story about someone who has suffered a terrible tragedy? Horror? Distress? Pity? Sympathy. Most often, though, we feel something a little deeper when we more closely identify with another's pain, a response we might call empathy. When we learn of another person's difficult situation, it hopefully triggers an empathetic response. We can never know exactly what it feels like to be another person, as all experiences are unique, but we can sense what it might be like and do our best to understand and put ourselves into their shoes. I have never been in prison, been in a war zone, been evicted from my home, had a child die, or had to wonder where my next meal comes from. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have no capacity to empathise with people who do experience these things. Empathy is a wonderful human trait that is closely related to the concept of compassion, a word that literally means to suffer with. Some people respond to the plight of others with coldness or indifference, not wanting to be impacted, not wanting to understand or even dismissing the reality of another's experience. We can be very adept at building walls, enclaves of privilege or shielding ourselves from unpleasantness. The key word that underpins all of this is solidarity. 
It is a key Christian principle which acknowledges we are not just individuals who should only care about our own interests and salvation. Being in solidarity with others means we identify with the experience of another and stand with them. If I'm in solidarity with the people of Ukraine, for example, I don't necessarily have to fly over there and join the war, but I can stay informed, speak of their situation with my friends and family, advocate for their needs, support organisations who provide direct resources and aid, and always keep them in my prayers. The greatest act of solidarity in human history has been the Incarnation, when God chose to become one of us in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, to experience our human condition, to walk the earth like one of us, to eat, breathe, sleep, love, and suffer pain and loss as any human would do. This is absolute solidarity. In this remarkable act, God stands in solidarity with each of us. We are our neighbour's keeper. We are all responsible for each other, regardless of nationality, race, gender, age, creed or politics. The Christian response to our human condition is to stand in solidarity with each other, those near and those far. Not a vague feeling of distress at the misfortune of another, but as a deep and enduring compassion that ignites our hearts and drives our feet to be on the move and be people of action. I am solid with you. I stand with you. I acknowledge your suffering, share your pain. We are part of the one human family. And as 1 Corinthians says, if one member of Christ's body suffers, all suffer. If one member is honoured, all rejoice. I'm Mark Rowie from Catholic Mission. Find out more about us at catholicmission.org.au.
Brian and Katie Tewalt wrapping up the show this week with their song Holy Spirit. And before that, thanks to Mark Rowie from Catholic Mission and his story on solidarity. And of course, the ultimate act of solidarity, God choosing to become one of us through Jesus. And then us in turn standing in solidarity with each other. Thanks to all our presenters this week, Mark Rowie, to Pete Gilmore, Father Tony Percy, Mother Hilda Scott, and right up at the beginning of the show, Father Dominic Murphy, who happens to be the Prior Provincial of the Dominican Province in Australia. Thanks to all our Christian community radio stations across Australia that bring you the journey each week. And don't forget, you can go to jcr.org.au and have a listen again to either the show or any of the segments that we've played today. And in particular, you might like to go back and listen to those two powerful reflections we had the Gospel Reflection from Father Dominic Murphy and Father Tony Percy's Reflection on Intense Spiritual Crisis. Great listening. You might want to uh, forward those links on to some of your friends. We'll be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. I'm Max Norton, sitting in for Jude Hennessy. The Journey is produced on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.